Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Get the Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and the Dadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. And that issue today is what needs to happen with AEW's International Championship, the now former, of course, All Atlantic Championship. Uh, Sidge, what do you think of the name change, and what needs to happen with this title? I was initially completely perplexed. <laughs> And now I've got a fantasy booking idea that might be complete and utter copium. I do not understand why they've renamed the already stupidly named <laughs> All-Atlantic title as a synonym of a world title. Mm. It makes no sense to me, dot, 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 yet. We know that AEW at its best, and on the whole it isn't there, but there are still sort of seeds of that brilliance, and they might yet bloom. Mm. We know from experience of watching this promotion that they will often hide an idea in a Trojan horse and it will only reveal itself later. So with the best of faith, maybe it's copium, maybe it's optimism, I have an idea as to why they have called it the international title, the connotations of which, if you're a long-time wrestling fan, are horrendous and they themselves must know this. So I've got two ideas, and one leads into another, okay? Otherwise, it's just the weirdest synonym for mid-card title of all time. <laughs> and I'd like to think, keeping perspective from how awesome Revolution was, mm. that they know this and they've got an idea. So here's the idea, and if it doesn't pan out like this, we've got another discussion point later in the podcast that addresses just the title situation in AEW in general. So my idea, right, is that at the minute, it seems like it's a uh, synonym for a world title. I think Jeff Jarrett has to be Orange Cassidy or will be Orange Cassidy for this to work. The magic, the improbable magic of this Jeff Jarrett run in AEW is very, very meta, but entertaining enough in the ring to not make it too sort of alienating. Mm. But it's meta in the respect that a lot of people have the perception of Jeff Jarrett as an inveterate carny who historically has done everything and is not in considerable power to just win world titles <laughs> and to be the top star that realistically he never was. Great mid-carder, like fantastic, oh, but that yeah. was his ceiling. So they're playing with this meta-perception of Jeff Jarrett. That's why they did that incredible dusty finish in the acclaimed match, for example, the idea of Jeff Jarrett getting his carny, grubby mitts on 
a title in AEW is the heat because we know that mm-hmm. he politics his way into them, right? Jeff Jarrett, as a glorified, ostensible world champion in AEW, is a good bit, I'm sorry. I'm not <laughs> even into meta stuff in professional wrestling that much. Like, for example, I've not really enjoyed the guns thing. The idea that they're doing this potentially twice over is not a good idea. There's too much of a good thing, let alone too much of a meta, smug wrestling thing, okay? But if they have Jeff Jarrett as international champion and he can all but say I'm the world champion of AEW, I just think it's quite funny. I just think it's amusing and it will all build to the payoff of, payoff of him actually losing, right? So once you've got, what, three months of just meta fun out of the way with Jeff Jarrett, international champion, right? <laughs> I think that that's the Trojan horse to introduce a new identity to this renamed title is the international title with the idea being that the trappings of North American episodic weekly mainstream TV wrestling mean that. And I don't like this, by the way, um, that wrestlers who do not speak English as their first language often struggle to get a push because of the very exposition-heavy, like promo-heavy approach employed by the North American Mm. mainstream TV booker. If you have an international title that functions to showcase those wrestlers, like a Kanosuke Takeshita, a Pak, I know he speaks English, but he's from England, a Rush, a Bandido, a Commander, any hot Japanese import or from any Mm. area of the world, it will give them it will give them something to compete for on North American television and look i would prefer it to be the other way i would like asuka to cut promos in japanese on raw all of the time because she's awesome i'm just trying to be realistic about this and it can function akin to the wcw cruiserweight division except there's no weight limits because that can't exist in the age of the hybrid wrestler in professional wrestling right now you get a belt you get a reason for a Kanosuke Takeshita versus Rush match to happen on a pay-per-view. Mm. And that needs to kind of happen because Takeshita and Rush should have been on Revolution, given their TV form, in a meritocracy, because they are so unbelievably great. Mm. And they've entered to awesome performances against Brian Danielson. But that circles back to, and I'll let Hamfler talk in a minute, I'm sorry, the international idea, uh, international title idea being a good thing. But because Takeshita and Bandido, and Roosh, and countless others tend not to go on pay-per-views because they blow off the grudge programs that these sorts of wrestlers, and I don't like this, aren't really sort of allowed to do on TV. They can have international title matches, and Takeshita and Bandido and Roosh can be on the pay-per-views. So that's a way to salvage what I think immediately, deep down, isn't the best idea, but that in itself might not be the most forward-thinking, progressive solution, Michael Hamflet. Well, the Jarrett starts that plan, ending with, uh, let's say, Kanosuke makes Jarrett's lie true, doesn't it? If he walks around talking the talk of a world champion, even though it's the international title, and Takeshita wins it and kicks ass with it all the time, then Jarrett saying it was a world championship in his hands becomes one in Takeshita's. So these two things can coexist together. I like Jeff Jarrett um, as the international champion 
that's the end of my sentence. Also, <laughs> I like Jeff Jarrett as the international champion because we know that he, one of his shoot jobs within AEW is to uh, build a live event business, which we're mm-hmm. now seeing with the growth of the house shows, build the international business because he's got some fantastic contacts all over the world, but especially in Mexico and in the UK and places like that. He's been in business forever. Um, there's a London show with no other details announced but a Jeff Jarrett title match on that show will kick ass, and not just because I'd like to be there in person for it, because genuinely, if you put him against a pack was the name we thought of, but there are other British people. It's one of the hottest matches of the night. One of the best heels you've got, trying fighting tooth and nail to hold on to a title he doesn't deserve against a super athlete. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. When that title was launched and Pac had it, they had him defend it in a couple of independent shows yeah. over here, I think it was, and that title felt really cool all of a sudden because you are allowing your talent to work independence, which looks great for AEW. They're taking with them a belt, which has TV value and thus is selling tickets and adding value to that independent show. So you are looking like you're offering this fantastic open-world relationship with other independents, and then it just becomes a B and C-level title match to pad out your pay-per-views and TV. All of that goes away. I loved, loved this Orange Cassidy reign but he might as well have held the TNT title. In fact, I've preferred it to the TNT title all the time he's had it, but it's not been what we were kind of sold with Pac. Mm. Those graphics, when they used to have flags by the sides of them, and now just two American flags every week. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> So it's not really serving its purpose. So both of those routes that Sidgwick's described feel like the right place to go, and that's when the branding matters. That's when the branding does count, because wrestling will allow you fresh starts on the slimmest of premises and this is a slim premise right now but it'll feel like a fresh start if it plays out as such international title to Sidgwick's point was the WCW international title because there was a mess uh, with the old NWA breakaway and Ric Flair obviously taking the title and all that sort of thing there is there is connotations there I would also compare this if this goes wrong to the um, European title mm. and how like that was supposed to be a belt that would be defended every time WWE were in Europe and then it just became a B, a C, a D level title on TV. That's kind of where we're at the All Atlantic. So this does give it a chance. I'm not opposed to this, even though right now all the leveling up and the corporate synergy makes it feel like it's happened for that rather than for all of these other fancy things. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Sige, I love this idea of yours to get the likes of Kanosuke Takeshita and, like you say, other talents who would be uh, obscured from other title feuds potentially for, due to their limitations on Western television. Language barrier. Yeah, exactly. But there's a, there's another side to this that you were, you've told me about that you, you've got to strike an interesting balance here about it not just being the marginalised talent, basically. Yes, I think it's a step forward, this idea that we've just come up with, <laughs> that we don't know is actually happening. <laughs> yes. It's a step forward, but there is a risk of... See, you've got this absolutely incredible international superstar who's just arrived in a promotion, Kanosuke Takeshita, and you initially bring him in to compete for this international title, the stylistic selling point of which is you're going to get these absolutely incredible hybrid matches with these amazing wrestlers who have perfected a style that you're not necessarily au fait with being a predominantly North American TV wrestling viewer. You do have the risk, though, of someone like Takeshita having this ceiling. All right, you can work you know, your matches without much uh, substantial storylines behind them because it's fixtures towards a goal. And to be honest, that's what a lot of people just want in their wrestling, which a lot of, you know, bloodline marks don't seem to understand. (laughs) I can like both. You know what I'm getting at. It shouldn't be a ceiling. It should be a vehicle. And that's the point I really want to stress. I do not want this fantasy booking idea to come across like, oh, you can just shunt them over there, marginalize them, give them a reason to wrestle, and then on we go with the blood feuds and the English unscripted promos and all the rest of it. Like any mid-card title ever, the international title can genuinely function as a vehicle and a platform for someone to get over to the next level. So we want this to function as the Intercontinental Championship of the Mm. late 1980s and early 1990s and not the WCW Cruiserweight Championship, as legendary as it was of the mid to mid-1990s because it all went drastically wrong. It's not a ceiling, it's a vehicle. Um, Kanosuke Takeshita has cut brief but genuinely really funny promos in England, in English, on American national mm. television. And I don't think there's any reason. Look at how over he is. He's more over than a million American professional wrestlers. So I would never want this thing in this, you know, alternate reality we've created to act as a ceiling. I just wanted to stress that. Mm. I mean, I love that example. I just wish I could, I wish I knew what you were referencing when you say those great intercontinental champions because I've never really heard those referenced by modern day intercontinental champions. I don't know the prestige of the belt of which you speak. Yeah, they should have talked more about bringing the prestige back. <laughs> yeah, like if only somebody had brought that up over, like every single time over the past 20 years, then yeah. I might have known what you were yeah. talking about. Shame. 
Um, it's coming back to an, an age-old question I feel like I ask all the time when we're talking about belts in AEW, whether or not there are too many of them. Yep, too many belts. Belts. Yep. belts Follow me at M. <laughs> belts have replaced rankings. Belts have replaced um, stories because sometimes the rankings are the story. God, I miss those days. Like, I was thinking of uh, when Revolution, to be fair, which was an absolutely tremendous card that did not just rely on titles for every match, um, and was credited for its pacing and yeah. for its amount of matches versus what we've had. There have been several problems with the stacked, the overstuffed AW pay-per-views, and that has partly been as a result of the addition of belts, because all of a sudden every single belt has required a spot on the card. Orange Cassidy, as All-Atlantic champion, walked into a tag team title match. Jade Cargill didn't wrestle mm-hmm. as TBS champion. There's just two examples. There's probably one or two I'm forgetting. But certainly if you consider when Ring of Honor was being folded in, when... Uh, FTR were belt collectors when Kenny Omega was a belt collector when mm. Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti Ty Mello had the um, AAA mm. intergender tag belts was it like every match was suddenly feeling like it had a, a belt rather than a story and we warned people of this at the time you want to go deep into our archives um, criticised as I think we were for even being nervous about the TNT title because ultimately promoters do fall into the trap over and over again belts are a nice device and suddenly you realise sometimes when you'd like to have one and you haven't, you need to come up with a personal issue instead. But personal issues are harder than belts to be creative around. And I wish this wasn't the case with AW, but we're here now. Like, WWE Raw in 2002 is one of the only times I can remember a company making a very, very proactive attempt to thin out the number of belts they had. And then Christ, it all ended with them being folded into one that was awarded to Triple H. So close, and then the furthest away from the right answer. <laughs> Rob Van Dam folded, I think, three different belts into the Intercontinental title, and the idea was, oh, we're going to raw one show, one champion. Actually, it's going to be a different belt, and we're going to give it to Triple H. <sighs> like, AW can't do that. It would feel too fake now to fold in a load of belts into just, for example, the TNT title. So we're stuck with what we got, and I really wish we weren't. And again, to this point of this completely invented, but us trying to find some magic with the international title this would absolutely differentiate itself from some of the sludge that I think, especially at the moment, the TNT title finds itself trapped in. There are too many belts, and um, I keep going back to the example of the AEW World Tag Team title in 2020 and just how much it meant, how much it meant to the people who lost it, who'd won it, who'd competed for it, and the fact that there were so few titles comparatively at the time forced Tony Khan to really tell intricate personal stories around these elusive prizes that by virtue of being elusive genuinely felt prestigious be all end all the ultimate objective of why all of this exists so in 2020 um Kenny Omega and Hangman Page win the AEW World Tag Team titles like in a great match against SCU this really rankles with the young bucks who are the tag team in the elite, Mm -hmm. potentially the best tag team of all time, certainly in the conversation, or at least if you hate their style, you can't really begrudge they're one of the most important. And, you know, kayfabe sort of winningest tag teams, Mm. okay? They fail to win them at Revolution. It's a heartbreak for them because Kenny Omega and Hangman Page are so dominant and so good. You get FTR signed to All Elite Wrestling in what, May Mm -hmm. 2020. They understand how difficult it is to get 
these tag team titles because they've been built as this ultra-credible thing that can personal programs and rivalries can orbit. In order to get a chance of winning these titles, FTR have to concoct a master plan, right, and win matches at the same time to sow dissension within Paige and Omega and to really try and drive them apart. So when they win enough matches, rankings are great, to get that shot, they've kind of already cut the team in half, which makes it easier for them to cut the ring in half, then they win the titles at All Out. Okay? Now, because there are just so many championships, and because they've got rid of the rankings, this isn't a podcast about rankings, but every podcast should be about the rankings. Oh, you get an eliminator. Or you can crack a guitar over someone's knee like Jeff Jarrett. Oh, you've got a title match. The gravity of Jared what... Jarrett can lose a paper for you and ask for one. Yeah. Right the, the gravity and the weight and the prestige of what all of this used to mean in that promotion has been dead and buried. And realistically, as much as I would like to see Takeshita versus Bandido on TV, it's not going to solve a core problem with what it used to mean to be a contender, much less a champion in all elite wrestling. This does, we do go on about this a lot, and I think it's it bears repeating. The two best ever single storylines in AEW, like universal acclaim, I think it's consensus. Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, CM Punk and MJF. Both of those stories at the core were about the men being diverted away from the world title. Like CM Punk and MJF were neck and neck in the rankings to the point where um, CM Punk forces MJF down the rankings with that DQ the point where CM Punk is diverted away from his quest to win the world title by having to fight MJF first. Similarly, Kenny Omega and Page are drawn together because neither of them can get near the world title because they've both fallen short in different ways mm. in their career early on while Chris Jericho was a champion. Like, there was only that one belt, but it forged rivalries just by existing because every single wrestler in the locker room only had one. And then with the TNT, which I think definitely very, very quickly, thanks to Cody Rhodes, earned its place. Yeah. Um, and Mr. Brody Lee as well. Like very, very quickly, they earned their places as the two prizes. And you got a locker room full of very hungry wrestlers. And then in some cases, those hungry wrestlers have no choice in Page and Omega but to work together. Should we try this then? I will see if we can make this work. It was better. <laughs> like rankings and less belts was better. It was. I in conclusion... <laughs> Do my specific idea or, or get rid of it. Yeah. I love this idea for the new AW International Championship, but we'd love to know your thoughts uh, in the comment section below or on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there. You can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. But for now, this has been Get the Table. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.